Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast, brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with our WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here, just WordPress happiness made easy. Now here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. If you aren't saying no 50% of the time, then you're not charging enough. What's up, listeners? How's that for a quote to start the podcast with? That quote is from today's interview guest, Jennifer Bourne of Bourne Creative. We finally were able to connect in person, which is great. We're only like an hour apart, but awesome interview, as they all are. And you're going to get a little bit different spin on WordPress development design and working with customers and really having a great focus. So go ahead, enjoy the interview. As always, I'd love your feedback, a review in iTunes share it, you know, make sure to reach out and connect with Jennifer and Brian of Born Creative. Say hi. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. Hey, what's up, everybody? Kim Doyle, the WordPress chick here, and we have another fantastic interview for you today. This one's kind of funny in the sense that we live like an hour apart and just recently connected via Twitter (laughs) through the Genesis WP hashtag. Um, but today I'm really excited. I've got Jennifer Bourne of Bourne Creative. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Yeah, this um, it's funny because I've followed you over the years, and I know that I've I've seen you at different a few different conferences and whatnot. So you're coming from a different place than a lot of the other designers and developers that I've connected with. So this is great. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, and you she works with her her husband Brian, um, and Bourne Creative, and what you guys do today. Uh, so today, Born Creative is a full-service design company. We do pretty much anything that small businesses need to communicate. So our the majority of all of our clients are small businesses, entrepreneurs, micro-businesses, and we probably, if I would say, like 80% of what we do is all custom WordPress. Um, and then the rest is whatever else our clients need from logo design and stationery and information products to live event materials and trade shows and posters and direct mail and catalogs and all kinds of junk. Um, so we pretty much handle for our clients all of their visual communication. Nice. Now, what were you, so what were you doing? Let's go backwards a little bit for the listeners. Before you guys started Born Creative, what were you doing before you started your own business? I was doing design. Um, <laughs> so I, my actual, my original major, you know, I'm a first child, so I'm totally like the parental pleaser. Um, and I went into <laughs> electrical engineering because that's what my dad did and it made good money and he wanted me to be independent and I was good at it. Um, but it was so boring and boys (laughs) were so mean to me because I got good grades. Um, and I hated it. And at the time I worked, um, for a woman who owned her own ad agency and ran it out of her house. And she's like, you know, you really should look at design. Um, cause I've, I've always been crafty and, and loved that. And I ended up switching my major. Um, and I worked full time at her ad agency as their primary designer through my last Oh, last few years of college. Um, and I did an internship at a printer and another ad agency and a marketing company and a newspaper and a magazine and kind of got my feet wet to figure out what I really liked. Um, 
And I always loved print design. So I actually, when I graduated, I went to work for a publishing company. Um, and that lasted two years. And then I went to work for a public relations firm, a PR firm. Um, and that lasted one year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at that time, I had um, our, we had our first child. And she was one. And agency life sucks. Like, it's horrible. And as the designer, you're the last in line. Yeah. So, you know, everybody dumps all their crap on you at the last minute. It's like, by the way, I need that tomorrow. So stay up all night and do it. But your salary, so you still have to be here from nine to five. You just have to work extra. And there's no overtime. Like, it was horrible. Um, yeah, like so, Mad Men minus the, the, the glamour of the clothes or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> it was just, oh, it was, you know, I couldn't even, like a blizzard would have hit Sacramento and I wouldn't have known in that little cubicle I was in. Um and then when I found out I was pregnant with my second, Brian was like, uh, yeah, no way. This is so not working. He's like, I think you should quit. Wow. I think you should, I think you should freelance. You could totally do it. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was, I have all people for him to suggest that was nutso. Um, but so I quit four months pregnant and started my freelance business. And when I had Carter, I took two weeks off because at that point, if I'm not working, I don't get paid. Yeah. Um, so, and that was in 2005 and we've grown hugely every year since. Well, so can I ask you if we back up a little bit because you did a lot of print work and a lot of, it sounds like you got your, I actually like, didn't do any web when I first started. When I yeah. First that's started what I was going to say. Uh, and, and <laughs> the resources and whatnot that are available even just today. Um, so what was that transition? Like, did you find yourself sort of, you know, as an example, like I worked in the book industry for like 10 years. So I was like, I'm never going to want to read digital and I love it today, you know? So what was that transition like for you going from, you know, not doing web work to thinking, okay, I'm going to shift this. Um, you know, it started when I was at that PR firm, the vice president that I worked directly under was this awesome guy who just, I mean, he was just really incredible. And it said, you know, with what we're seeing in the future, you probably should start teaching yourself web. And my background was electrical engineering. So I actually went through all the code classes oh, nice. in college before I changed my major. Um, so I went through, I took like C and C++ and like all this other crap, but never like <laughs> HTML. And so I'm like, okay, it can't be that hard to learn. So I kind of started to teach myself and that was 2005. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, Dreamweaver, what? Okay, I'm going to use that. <laughs> and I remember when I had first started my business, I took on a client doing a website. I had no idea what I was doing. And one of my friends came over and was teaching me how to use Dreamweaver at my kitchen table. <laughs> That is awesome. Like, I had, I was like, you know, I knew enough to be dangerous to get the job done. Um, you know, the sites looked great because I'm a designer, but who knows how good the code was? I'm so embarrassed of them now. Um, but that's how you but, learn, right? I mean, you got to oh, be able yeah. to say, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But and I very quickly got to that point of, ooh, I remember why I changed my major. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really don't like this part. And there are probably, you know, people who are way better than I am. And, um, and I had actually, at the very beginning, started outsourcing um, the, the coding uh, of the sites. And then the guy that I was outsourcing to, we ended up bringing in house. 
Um, you know, we uh, worked on so many projects as a subcontractor that it was like, okay, you really should be with us full time. Like yeah. you really should, you know, just come and join us. And, um, and he did because Brian didn't write any code. Brian didn't even know what like anything was. He's always done the financial part and the business management part of the business, but had no idea what I did. Um, and we got so busy so fast that we needed to hire more people. And Brian's always been one of those people that can just like do anything and then ends up being better than you at it. <laughs> so no, it's a good like, thing I'm married to you. Cause I don't know if I'd like you right now. <laughs> well, so we, you know, it was one of those things that we needed another developer. We needed to, ex- we knew WordPress. We wanted to expand into WordPress um, much, much more heavily, especially into Genesis. And Brian was like, I'm sure I could figure this out. And in six months, he went from not even knowing what HTML was to writing custom PHP, like HTML, CSS. And now he's getting into like jQuery and, um, Oh God bless him. (laughs) And he's just brilliant at it. It just, his brain works that way. And, um, and now we were up to four for a while and then we went back down to three. Now we're at two and we're hiring. So we're looking for a full-time designer and we're looking for a full-time developer. Oh, good. I think I actually might have a developer for you. Um, oh, well, that's always good. Yeah. A young guy, a college student. Um, so I want to back up a little bit. So Brian was working full-time elsewhere while you started freelancing. Yes. Okay. So when did you guys make the decision that, okay, let's, let's go full-time at this together. And how was that as a couple going through that? Brian joined, Brian started working with me full, like full 40 hours a week plus in 2009. Um, and so from 2005 to like mid 2009, it was me, subcontractors as I needed them. And like, I had no life. Um, I worked like 24 seven. Yeah. Um, and Brian really stepped up and came in and not only to pick up where we needed more, uh, we needed more developer talent because we were so busy, but also to take over managing all of the business junk that I'm not good at. Um, but the the trend, there were tears, (laughs) like it came to a head sitting in the pool house in the backyard and I'm like crying. I'm like, you're squashing my baby. <laughs> you know, you work and work and work for years and years and years, building a brand, building this business, building this client base. And Brian comes in, he's like, this sucks. You're not offering this anymore. This isn't making us enough money. You need to change that. Like, we're not doing that anymore. And um, that's huge. That's great, I, though, that he was able to jump in. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, but just in terms of there comes a point, I know for myself, you know, it's like you get so caught up in everything you're doing and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not actually calculating the cost of this project versus my time and what's yeah. the return on that, right? So, I, so yeah. you know, it was a little rough at first. I'm like, you just start telling me what to do and you're squashing all my stuff. And I started my business so I wouldn't have to do what somebody else says. And now I have to do what you say. <laughs> so there was a, there was a rough couple months there, but you know, once we kind of got over that hump and really looking at every change that's been made has been in the best interest of the business moving forward of the brand expanding and of me working less. Nice. So I now sleep eight hours a night. I, you know, work from nine to five. I don't work on the weekends unless I'm working on my own stuff. Yeah. 
you know, it's life is much better all around for our whole family. <laughs> Which, you know, I think it's important to, to call out though. How many years did it take to get you there though? Um, we really got like solid with systems, processes, streamlined where we're like a well-oiled machine at this point, probably in like 2011. And you started it in 2005 on your own. Yep. And okay. I would say until 2009, I was probably working like 16 to 18 hour days, like six days a week. Wow. Cause I just said yes to everything. You know, when you're new, you have to. Absolutely. You say yes to everything because you have to learn what you don't like and you have to learn what you suck at, what you probably should have never said yes to in the first place. Well, yeah, and I can see that experience. Absolutely. And the older you get, the smarter you get about this is not my strength. Why am I trying to do this? Exactly. And then, you know, I charged like a sixth of what I, what I charge now. So I worked with way, 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 way more people for way less and you know, once Brian got involved, he's like, no, we're doubling it. And then, you know, six months later, he's like, we're raising it again. And then six months later, we're raising it again. And he's done it every six months since. And we just work with fewer, better clients on a bigger Absolutely. level. Well, speaking of pricing then, because I do know that this is an issue with a lot of people. I've got a couple of coaching clients and they're like, what would you charge for this? And my price is like five times what they were going to charge. And I mean, not exorbitant, but how was that for you in terms of like, was that a comfort level to raise the price or did you just slowly step into it? You know, I think a lot of designers and, and creative people, it's like, oh my God, I can't charge that. You know, will the market bear it? But it is completely worked for you guys. Can you just, I guess, sort of share your thoughts on pricing and those challenges? Um, well, yeah, you're, you know, especially for freelance designers who are working at home when you're all by yourself, it's like, but I'm just like making shit look good. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> that you're like I'm just you know making art on my computer in my kitchen or wherever you're working in my backyard and you don't think it's very that big of a deal because it's your brilliance so you don't think you should charge a lot for it because it's so easy for you know you. but once you start to really look at that's what's easy for you but it's so not easy for other people so they're willing to pay you for your brilliance because it's not where they're great um and most of the time people are willing to pay you a lot more than you think they are you know, you're your own worst enemy. You're your own worst self-critic. Um, and at first, when we were raising rates and estimating things, because I travel to, I go to a lot of conferences, I go to a lot of stuff, so I would know these people, and they're like, oh, my budget, when? I'd always be like, oh, I could do this. And Brian just said this, and no, uh -uh. So for, like, the first six months that we were raising our rates and things, Brian took over all estimating because he didn't know anybody. He's like, I don't care if you hire me or like me. Like, this is the price. That's what it is. It costs what um, it costs. <laughs> and it was great. And then once people, nobody said no. <laughs> so it was like, well, well, nobody said no. Let's do it again. And now I'm kind of at the point where if 50% of the people you're talking to aren't saying no, you're not charging enough. Wow. That's a, that's a great, we'll, we'll quote that one in the show notes. I mean, that's if, if you really think about it, if half the people aren't saying, I can't do that, then that means you're you're working too cheap because you can work with, you know, 10 people for a low rate or you can work with five people for a higher rate, you know, double your rates. It's going to be way easier to work with five people than 10. Now, let me ask you, too, with that, because I found that the people that are willing to pay more tend to be easier to work with also. Oh, yes. <laughs> The less money you're willing to spend and the cheaper you are, the more of a pain in the butt you are. 
Yeah. And it's, and you know, for what it's worth, it, to me, it's not a dig. I get people are starting out in their business. And so they're like, well, this is my budget. And it's like, that's great. You know, well, these are my rates. Come back when you're ready for something else. Well, and it's too, it's a different point in business where they're at, you know, they're at that bootstrapping, you know, phase and they're at that. I want the whole world for $500 or I want Facebook for 1500 bucks mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is. And they just, they don't know enough yet to know that that's not the right amount or they don't, they don't have an, a lot of times we find they don't have enough experience in business yet. And they don't even, they aren't even confident in their own pricing yet. So they don't even know what's appropriate in pricing. So they just ask for the moon and hope that somebody's going to give it to them. So a lot of times it's not necessarily them trying to, you know, not respecting what you do or trying to get something cheap. You know, a lot of times they just don't have enough experience. They just don't know. And they tend to ask 1800 more questions because they're at that phase in their business where they are trying to absorb everything because they don't know anything. Whereas we prefer to work with people who are already successful, who are already making money and they probably already have everything that we do in place. It just sucks. (laughs) They did it. They did it themselves or they had like a virtual assistant who kind of knew WordPress and cobbled something together for them to do it. You know, it, it doesn't communicate their brand. So while it got them to where they are, it's not going to get them to where they want to go. We're usually brought in at that phase, at the up leveling to really create a powerhouse brand. And those clients are at the point where they know what their time is worth. They understand what your time is worth. They don't want to have to babysit or micromanage your project. They want to hire an expert and trust that you're going to do it right. You know, and they, they are, um, what's the word? They're more hands off. Absolutely. They know their genius is doing what they do best with their clients. Yours is doing what they hired you to do much more pleasant. Well, and I've also found, I think those clients, which I want to ask you about that again, but is they, or they may have something that looks great, but the functionality is awful. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I've come across a couple for lack of a better word, A-listers and, you know, I'm looking at the back of their site. I'm like, you don't have any SEO here. (laughs) All of them. I'm like, you have 800 posts on the site and none of them are optimized. It, you know, I keep you joking. You one single title tag in your whole site. Don't yeah. Worry. And it, it just, it kills me because I'm sitting here thinking it's it's kind of a backwards mentality. And I think that things have shifted online in terms of, you know, your site, your blog, whatever you want to call it, it, it has to be the foundation from which everything else stems as opposed to, oh yeah, I've got a blog and I, I put posts, I give articles to my VA to put on there. It's, it doesn't work anymore. Um, you know, with, with some of these clients, how do you, I'm sure a question that's going to come up is, and maybe let's talk about a little bit of the conferences and what that you do a lot of networking and a lot of traveling with that is where do you find those clients and how do you start working with them and attracting them? The best piece of advice I ever got was to not network where your competitors are hanging out. So, you know, when I first started my business, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to look up like design conferences and, you know, design events. And I went to design stuff and I'm going and I'm networking with all these other designers, which is great You need <laughs> to do that to improve your skills and stay on top of your game and stay at the forefront of your industry. But at the same time, they're not going to pay you any money. 
<laughs> they're not going to be firing you. They're not going to be, you know, whipping out their credit card to help you. Um, so the best piece of advice was to go where your clients are. Go you- wherever they are and be there. And what I found is most designers is, well, developers are like antisocial anyway. Um, so, you know, you go, Brian always laughs. He's like, I'm like, did you meet anybody great at WordCamp? And he's like, Jen, they walk in, sit down, open their computer and like, don't talk to anybody. Um, okay. Which by the way, before I forget, I, I'm helping to organize a Genesis meetup. I uh, saw in, that. Okay. So I'll keep you guys posted because I know Terry Dills is speaking because I've done the same thing at WordCamp. I'm all. Um, where are the blog sessions? Where's the marketing stuff? Um, so, you know, it was one of those things and designers too tend to be introverted a lot of times. And, um, so they don't go to a lot of networking events. What I found is in a lot, at a lot of conferences and events and things that I went to, I was the only one. (laughs) And I really focused on going to conferences and workshops and things that, taught people how to get do business online or how to run an online business or how to get online because you're an audience and people are like, so what do you do? You know, everything they just told you that you need and you're totally overwhelmed and you have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then they need your card. Um, I, I can tie it all together for you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we do. So that was a huge, a fabulous piece of advice. And I've grown my business hugely from that approach. Um, and then a lot of our larger clients, it's funny. I actually went after them to try to lend them as clients a few years ago and they wouldn't even talk to me. Really? Uh huh. And then in like 2011, they started seeking me out. I'm like, do you remember a couple years ago that you like, wouldn't even give me the time of day. And now you're like chasing me down and begging me to work with you. Um, and I, one of them actually said, you were too cheap. I didn't take you seriously. Interesting. That's another quotable. Wow. Yeah. So it's the, you know, with pricing, with positioning, it's really looking at your brand and how you're perceived and the reputation that you're building and making sure that your pricing supports that reputation and supports that the perception that you're building in the market. Cause people are going to look at you and they're going to think, you know, whoa, you're so cheap. You either are brand new to business and have no experience or you don't know what you're doing yet or you you haven't been around long enough to learn that that's too cheap. You know, so it's, you know, it's two ends of a spectrum. You just really have to decide what type of clients you want to go after and really make sure that every aspect of your brand reflects that. A couple things with, which which is amazing advice. Thanks for sharing that. And is, in terms, because you invest. So let's talk a little bit about that in terms of conferences and coaching, because you invest in those sides of your business. I do. So was there a point where you said, all right, I need to go outside of what I'm doing to take this up a notch or, you know, just share some of your experience. And do you still do that? I still do that today. Um, I realized in going to, it got to a point where I was going to a lot of local networking stuff and then I started to realize these are not my people anymore. They were when I first started my business and I was cheap, (laughs) (laughs) but as my rates got higher, my business got bigger. I elevated as a business owner, you know, they kind of stopped being a good fit. It, um, And I had to shift. That's when I started seeking out bigger conferences and things like that. And I started to realize 
in in masterminding settings and things, you know, that people couldn't help me. <laughs> I could help everybody else because everybody has tech questions, but there was nobody I could turn to, to for tech help or I realized if, if I want to grow my business, I need to get mentoring or coaching or help from someone who's further down the road than I am. Mm -hmm. Someone who's where I am in business isn't going to be able to help me because they're in the same boat. Absolutely. Or somebody who's newer to business can't help me because they're behind me. Um, so I invested in a high level, you know, coaching mastermind program, um, upwards of, 10 grand and higher. Mm -hmm. I've done a few different ones. Um, some higher than that, some lower than that, some right at 10, 10 grand. Um, and all have been really good for different, for different things. So it's really kind of what I need in my business. Um, Brian doesn't do them. He goes to word camps and he networks and all that kind of stuff. But I join mastermind programs and get coaching, not just for business, but for who I want to be as a business owner. Exactly. That's great. Mm -hmm. Do you find with being a design firm that, you know, a lot of challenges I see with people is it's like they kind of forget to focus on their business. They're, they've, you've got client work. But, you know, it's like, I feel like I keep drilling at home. I'm like, you have to be blogging. You need to be creating valuable content. You need to hang on to that brand. Did you find a challenge in doing that? Or is that something you work with your clients with? <laughs> <laughs> we are, I am a content beast. I'm a content machine. I love it. I could write eBooks and content and guides and info products and blog posts till the cows come home. Um, we have an email newsletter um, that we, I've published once a week for a while. And then we went to twice a month. Um, and we just recently were in hibernation mode working on getting our new site up. So I haven't published any content to our blog for like six weeks. Um, <laughs> and I find that for us with client in it's when you're in a business where you have to produce tangible stuff all the time, you're not like on a coaching call or, you know, whatever you have to actually produce tangible stuff. Right. You don't have a lot of time to work on your own business. Your own business. So part of it was um, setting boundaries that we work on client work between Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, or sometimes that gets adjusted based on the kiddos and things like that. Um, but then we work on our own business outside those hours. Or sometimes, you know, we'll take like a, a Friday off and we'll have a, you know, business development day or we'll take um you know, a few days off to get things done or whatever that we need, you know, on our own business. But for content, for the blog, for email newsletters, for guides, for client resources, because we provide an enormous amount of training materials and, and guides and manuals and things for our clients. I write in what I call inspire or create in what I call inspired chunks of time. Mm -hmm. So I'll get up really, 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 really early <laughs> on a weekend day you know, get in a zone, start going. And if I like get into that flow, I just tell Brian, I'm done. Like when I run out Yeah. and I'll just create. So a lot of times I'll write anywhere from like 10 to 20 blog posts all at one time in one setting. And then I'll go back, I'll edit them. I'll schedule them all to go out. And then I'm good for a while. 
so I can focus on client work. So it just kind of is looking at that balance and making sure that we're planning, you know, that we're on top of it and making sure that all that's done. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think that inspired chunk is hugely important. I, I mean, I know I find that there are certain times of the day that I'm just better. You know, mornings are much better for me to be creative. Me too. You know, so it's like, if I'm going to write, it's got to be that. And, you know, I just keep saying to people, I'm like, the more you write, it sounds so obvious, but the easier it gets. And once you get in that flow, it's like, you can see blog post ideas everywhere. And it, it, a task at my house turns into an idea and how I can relate it. So, and yeah. I see a lot of clients get stuck there or, even if they're newer in business and they've got the budget to hire you, it's like, okay, well, everything looks great. I've got my coaching programs all set up, but they just will not put a lick of content on the site. <laughs> Any oh, feedback or suggestions for that? Um, we, oh, I'm actually dabbling around with doing a content workshop um, for creating like a quarter do for a year mm-hmm. um, and knocking out like a quarter of the year, all your content for that quarter in one workshop, Wow! Um, which is usually how I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so really taking our process and working that through a workshop with, with client, we have a lot of clients who ask for it. And I do some of that over the phone and things with clients who uh, have their site up and are needing some content strategy and things like that. But what they're really wanting is to sit down and like go through the exercise that we go through. Cause it's really effective and um, it works really well. It works really, really quickly and we get a lot of great content out that way. Um, so I'm kind of dabbling with an idea of doing something like that, but with content, I find you just need to have a plan and you need to commit to it and you just need to make time. So, you know, we have clients all the time say, I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, is it important to you? Yes. Well, then make time earlier. Like if you get up at seven every day, get up at six. Like if you got up one hour earlier every day for a year, you gained 365 hours of working on your site. If you spent that hour working on your blog, imagine what you could do with that. Well, and it's tough because the thing is it's, it's, it's not an, uh, an instant result generator necessarily, but yet it is what will give you a long-term sustainable business if you do it correctly. And so it's kind of like, you know, it's not, if you build it, they will come, but you just got to keep writing. You got to keep putting it out there. You got to be consistent with it. Well, and what we tell where I find that it clicks for clients too, is, you know, we'll tell them, look, we just built your site. It's like, you know, 18 pages or whatever, whatever, 15, 10, whatever, however many pages it is. And you've got a couple blog posts in there. So let's say, you know, maybe you've got 20 searchable, indexable URLs that are on the front end of your site. Mm -hmm. You could do nothing and continue with 20 possible opportunities for someone to find you online. Or you could blog. If you blog once a week for a year, you add 52 new opportunities for someone to find you online. That's 52 new URLs that could be indexed. It's 52 new ways that somebody who needs what you do and is willing to pay money for it could find you. <laughs> That's a great way to explain it. Not to mention anybody sharing it and the potential of it going exactly sideways, right? Either way, exactly. as opposed to just, yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting challenge. And people here, I had a client say, you know, you hear all the time, you know, 
content, content, content. Well, what makes great content and what doesn't? And, you know, I'm, we don't need to get into SEO and keywords and whatnot, but I do find that you're not going to know until you have something up there and published and can start tracking how people are finding you and what keywords, you know, that type of stuff or where you're getting more engagement. So definitely, it's a leap. Um, so in terms of WordPress, you know, do you have any suggestions or recommendations for, you know, if somebody said, look, I love WordPress, I want to get started in a business. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be design or, you know, t as an example, I, I think documentation is a huge opportunity. There are so many opportunities to teaching <laughs> and training, right? But, um, you know, so any recommendations you'd make to somebody who wanted to start a WordPress business today? I would say to pick whatever it is that you're going to focus on and be great at and stick to it. There are so many people that try to be good at everything or that say, oh, yeah, I do WordPress. I can work in Genesis, or I can work on the WooThemes, or I can work in, you know, Headway, or I can work in all these different networks. Oh, and I do, you know, the training and teaching, and I do all, and you, I'm sorry, you cannot be fantastic at all of that. It's impossible for one person to be great at everything. And just from a profitability perspective, it's going to take you longer to do your client projects if you're always trying to do something different. Right. So you'll be more profitable because you'll get things done faster if you pick something that you're going to be great at and build a brand around that. So whether, you know, for us, we are custom WordPress sites. We don't do theme customizations and we don't work with anything other than Genesis. So if people call and say, oh, I've got this WordPress site and I want somebody to tweak on it. We don't tweak on it. I don't work on sites I didn't build. We don't work on sites that aren't Genesis. We'll work on sites we didn't build if they're Genesis and they're not crap. Or I don't want to put my name on anything that's ugly. Yeah. Um, or you know so, what? I tell them we need to convert it. Yeah, I'd be more than so, happy to help you, but we have to convert this to Genesis. Exactly. So we've got, you know, very tight specifications of we kill it at what we do and we stick to that. So we're able to work very, very quickly. Our profitability is very, very good. And we've built a brand around that. So whether you're going to focus on Genesis or you're going to focus on, you know, the Woo theme framework, you know, your, that framework, whether you're going to focus on maintenance and support and helping people get traction with their blogs or you're going to focus on training, you know, whatever it's going to be, pick that thing and don't deviate from it. When you change all the time or you do too much stuff, people have a hard time figuring out what you're great at. So they think, well, you do all these different things. Which one are you awesome at? Or do you do all these different things because you're not making enough money at one of them? Right. And I think there's a lot of sort of, you know, sites that aggregate WordPress content. And yeah, and there is, you know, I, I wish I could come up with a good term, but it's like you've got uh, th this core of developers and hardcore, you know, codex people. Then you've got the whole WSO crowd. <laughs> I'm like, there is a happy medium in between where people love WordPress. They market with it. It's what they use. And it's finding your voice in that space if you're not one Definitely. of the other spectrums. Yeah, and there's business for everybody at every level. I mean, there's there's people who, you know, they just want to pay somebody a couple hundred bucks to have them sit down at a coffee shop and teach them how to publish to their blog. And there are people that are willing to spend, you know, multiple six figures on a really elaborate enterprise level, you know, custom site. So it really is just a matter of finding out what you like doing best, what area you like working in best, and, you know, creating your business to support that. 
So with, with all of this, are there any challenges that stick out to you beyond, you know, maybe when you guys as a husband and wife, because I can't imagine, I think that would be tricky and that you guys get to do it. I think it's fantastic and be there for your kids. Is Any other challenges, you know, you faced while growing your business or advice you'd give to people? My biggest challenge was not getting support and help early enough. I tried to do everything myself for way too long. Um, that was my, that was my biggest challenge in the early days of my business. Um, now I would say that's a good question. We, I mean, we've really got this dialed in. Um, what are, what are our challenges? We are growing. We are growing rapidly. We have more work than we can possibly do. We have new, the phone rings every single day with the people who want to pay us and we don't have a big enough team. So our biggest challenge right now is finding someone who's going to be a great fit for what we do, who loves working with small businesses, who um, has real client experience working with real clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ideally, like our perfect fit is somebody who's a freelancer, who loves design or who loves code, but they hate running a business. They want to do what they do. They want to be able to do it from their house or wherever they want to work. And they don't want to have to worry about any of the business stuff. They just want to make great money. They want to be on a great team. They want to go to WordCamps. They want to, you know, go to conferences. They want to learn. They want to grow. And that's really our biggest challenge. We're finding that we get a lot of applicants and things from people who um, don't have any client experience or, you know, or different things. So it's really just finding someone who's going to be a great fit Mm-hmm. for our team and for the future of our business. You know, we're working on an entirely separate division of this company um, to launch. We're, it'll launch under a new name probably early next year. Uh, and that one is a complete departure from what we're doing now, but still in WordPress. Uh, so we've got some big opportunities and things coming up, and it's really our focus is finding great people who want to be you know, involved. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> but like you said, I mean, if you, the phone's ringing that much, it is challenging because at the same time, we I'm sure there are. no a lot. <laughs> Pardon me? We say no a lot, <laughs> which is great. It's a great place to be because we end up working with amazing people. And my design, my, you know, my designer friends and things love us because we funnel a lot of business, you know, their way. Um, you know, because I only, I only do what I love and what I'm great at and Brian too. And we refer everything else to other people. Um, You know, I really, really believe in design and the impact that it has in business and the impact it has on the success of business and how much more accelerated success can be when you invest in design and you invest in quality code that's reliable um and you invest in your foundation and it's a challenge communicating that all the time you know there are so many business coaches and marketing experts and bloggers who are out there saying oh you can get online and build a six-figure business or a seven-figure business for free and you don't have to spend any money and you know, oh, you should be able to put up a WordPress site and not spend any money and just make six figures in six months. And so we have you have all these people who are being preached to that they should be able to do anything that they want online without spending any money. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, you can get a WordPress site going in one day for free. But when you start wanting it customized and you start wanting it branded and you start wanting all of these other things, you have to invest in that. And designers and developers have so much creativity and so much knowledge and all of that function that I really believe there needs to be a shift in that coaching and marketing world of looking at, you can get started for free, but once you've been successful, you really need to invest for the, for the, you know, integrity of your business, you know, for the integrity of your brand. And really, if you aren't even willing to invest in your business, how can you ask people to invest with you? Well, that's my take. It was just fantastic. And I completely agree. I think that that ties in with, you know, I see people that they want to invest in the design and then not to go back to the content piece, but I'm like, if you're not writing valuable content Mm -hmm. as yourself, stop with the jargon. And, you know, I I, I mean, if I see another regurgitated marketing quote, you know, it makes me cuckoo. I'm like, you really need to talk to, to your audience. And so it's the same thing. Your brand and your design and your site needs to represent you because you're not going to get the right clients or the right audience to you unless you start doing that. So it, it totally ties in with that. And definitely, you know, so by by paying for custom work, it's going to speak to you. Do you ever have a challenge with, you know, a client comes to you with one idea and you're just thinking that that's heinous. I don't want it. There's no way we're going to do that. How do you work with clients to get them, you know, as an example, like I had a, a client, she's like, well, that looks like cartoony. I'm like, it's a very current, you know, like I, I like the new flat design styles all over the place. But, you know, when someone's coming to you with clip art and I'm like, I, I don't want to touch that. How do you navigate that with clients to get them to see, open their eyes a little bit? Well, sometimes we just tell them I can't use that. It's hideous. <laughs> you don't mince words, hey, Jennifer. No. Um, I, we, you know, we really don't beat it. We're, we're really fun and we're really friendly, but we're really firm. And I also am very protective of my brand. So I'm not going to put my name attached on anything that's ugly, um, or that's hideous or that doesn't work. Um, so we're really honest. The earlier on in the process, you can be that honest, the better. Um, but you know, if, if their logo really, is like clip party or so, you know, we'll just tell them, I, I cannot use this. Like, if you want to work with us, this is what we recommend needs to be changed. This is what we recommend that we do. This is what that investment is going to be, you know, and if you're not willing to, you know, work on that, then, you know, we might not be a great fit for you. And sometimes it's too, it's, we have clients that will give us a sketch or like they'll screenshot 18 different websites that have 18 different strategies and then cut them out and piecemeal them together to like hobble together what they want. And it's totally not going to work because none of those strategies are playing together. They've got like a slider and a video and like rotating testimonials <laughs> all on one page. And, and it's at that point where, you know, we have to respond back and say, what, what part of this are you married to? Yes. And sometimes they'll say, they'll pick out certain things and, you know, we'll say, because this all isn't going to work. Some of it can work, but not all of it together. And, you know, sometimes we have to remind them there's a reason why you hired us. You hired us because we're great at what we do. You trust us to make the best decision for you and your business and the goals that you have with your business, the results that you want to see. You know, this is what you want. 
This is how we can take it and make it actually work. Are you okay with that? So, you know, sometimes, I won't lie, sometimes we've had clients, they, they cry and then they hang up and then they call back and they're like, okay, you're right. Um, okay, <laughs> but my I'll, brother I'll, drew I'll, that for me. I'll do whatever you say. That is a, That part is tricky when you have a client who's like, well, my kid did it or my nephew did it or my husband did it. And you have to walk on eggshells a little bit there and you're like, yeah, but it sucks. Um, so it really is a matter of reading your clients and knowing who you can be really blunt with and who you kind of have to beat around the bush a little bit with to get to it a little bit nicer. Yeah. Um, but we're just, you've got to be honest. They're hiring you because you're the expert. They want to hear what you have to say, even if it isn't nice. So you can deal with it, make a plan and move on. I find that some of that tends to be a distraction too. They get so caught up in like the fun, not the functionality of the site, but like you said, the sliders or I want this and I want this and I want this. And I'm thinking you focus on your content, <laughs> you know, well, we'll take care of this. Is I find too, they just don't know. So they're like, Oh, I found all this cool stuff. I love it all. And they don't know what's going to work or what's not going to work. So they're coming from a place of, I'm going to tell you everything that I like. And then you tell me what's going to work or not. No, that's great. Is there, so let's, we're getting kind of long here on time. Sorry about that, but this has been great. Um, you know, is there something you'd recommend people can do today? You know, kind of not an action step or what's something they could do today that would make a significant difference in their business? Get out from behind your computer and go talk to people and tell them what you do. And how, since you, the biggest. well, and I, I, and we're, I'm going to quote that too, as far as not networking where your competitors are hanging out, you need to go to where your audience is and That's those, me. those things cost money too. But again, it's an investment in your business. Um, so you mentioned something and it sounds like it's kind of hush hush that's coming for you guys, you know, at, after the first part of the new year, but what's in store for born creative, anything you want to share for the rest of the year? Um, What's in store for Born Creative? So we just launched our new site. It looks fabulous, by the way. Thank you. We love it. Um, so we just launched the new site. We actually pulled all of our how-to guides, our resources, our online training courses. We pulled all of it off the site. Um, and then all of it is being repurposed into, you know, something else. But we have dialed in born creative and the brand to where right now it's really running seamlessly. We are for that brand. We're going to continue doing what we're doing. We're going to continue to learn and grow and get better and higher and do it for more people on a bigger level at a bigger scale for more money. <laughs> that business, you know, I'm really you know, you see people who change what they do every six months or they shift what they're doing or they're yeah. constantly trying to figure out that next thing that's going to make them a bunch of money. And um, in one of the coaching programs that I was in, you know, I said, I don't know what to do next. Like, do I do training? Do I do workshops? Do I do a membership site? Like, what's next for our business? And she looks at me and my coach looks at me and she says, you just need to do what you do because you're good at it. But do it bigger and do it better and do it for more money. And that's really, that was in the beginning of 2011. That's really been the mantra that we've focused on with Born Creative ever since. We are a design company. 
at the core, we love WordPress. We like 80% of our business is all custom WordPress and we're going to continue to do that. We're just going to continue to grow and expand that brand um, into, you know, some complementary services to support what we're doing with design. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. The focus has really driven your business. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, really as far as that advice goes of getting out behind your computer, you know, with WordPress, I know, you know, WordCamps are cheap. They're, they're super cheap. Yeah. You know, a, a business conference, depending on where it's at and how many days it's at, it's going to run you anywhere from on the low cheap end, a hundred bucks all the way up to three to $5,000. Right. And I go to probably four or five conferences that cost more than $3,000 just for the ticket a year. But instead of going to a networking event where I meet maybe one or two people who might be an ideal client, I'm in a room with 500 to a thousand people who are at the level that my, that the clients I'm looking for are at. They're investing in their business. They're spending money to be there. They're not taking their success lightly. They're willing to spend, they're willing to invest they're willing to do it right. So I'd rather, if I'm going to network, spend a extra, little bit extra cash and be surrounded by 500 people who could be a great client than like two. Well, they're, they're there because they're serious about their business. I totally exactly. agree. Totally exactly. agree. Um, so just lastly then, anything, something fun you'd like to share maybe about you or Brian or the company that most people probably don't know? Oh, we're ridiculous Star Wars fanatics. <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, I totally like, got a picture of Big Bang with like the laser, oh, <laughs> the well, lightsabers above the bed. But Carter was Anakin Skywalker from the Clone Wars for Halloween. And Natalie was his Padawan Ahsoka, and I was a Jedi. <laughs> That's awesome. Brian was gone, so he didn't dress up with us. But I have my own lightsaber. <laughs> um. <laughs> So we're, we're totally obsessed with Star Wars and Legos. We have an entire, our bonus room above our garage, which is like 14 by like 18 feet or something. It's a huge room and it's old. There's nothing in it except for Legos. All the furniture, like the furniture, the tables, everything's been completely designed to house our Legos. And we have remote control Lego trains and a full city, like a permanent city that never gets put away. Like we're in the process of building it all. And we've got like, Brian collects Star Wars. I collect City. Natalie collected Harry Potter till it got discontinued. Now she's on to like Lego Friends, and Carter collects everything at eye level in the, in the store. <laughs> that so is all ninjas, all aliens, all dinosaurs, all castles, all SpongeBob. We have everything. Oh, that's fantastic! I actually got a little sad when my son. Well, he's twelve now, and he's like, "Nah, I don't need Legos anymore." I'm like, "Oh." Um, well, you know we. Our kids found, Brian and I saved our Legos from when we were little and they were under our bed and we had never really played with them. And then Natalie had pulled them out when she was like five and Carter was three and our kids never put stuff in their mouth. So we, they just played with them. And then we got her a set and it was like, well, I want to help. And they'd say, no, it's mine. <laughs> it's my own then. And then it just got out of control. And now we go to the Lego store everywhere we go and we have to like we had to have people take extra stuff for us home in their car from Disneyland to accommodate all of our Legos from when we were down there. And it's just ridiculous. 
there, there are a lot of worse hobbies or habits you can have. Like, <laughs> That's so. what I figure. This is constructive. And it's helping. I'm totally convinced it's helped my little guy with his, you know, motor skills and math and science. You know, he, when he was in kindergarten, he said, Mom, I want the Death Star for Christmas. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> it's it's not, it's ridiculously. It's like four hundred bucks. It's huge. It's like the biggest Lego set ever. And um and I said, Oh, Carter, that that's that's expensive. That's a big one. Are you like oh and you hey mommy, Santa's magic. He doesn't use money, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so needs to say Carter totally got the Death Star for Christmas. And he was five, and he put the whole thing together all by himself. I'm so proud. <laughs> you gotta be. I mean, that's something like that's determination and tenacity. So, you know, sometimes those skills are worth paying for. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So we we're Legoland fanatics. We love Legos, so we play. We play lots. We're super nerdy. That is but so we have fun. <laughs> Life's too short not to have fun. Thank you so, so much, Jennifer. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. It was nice to be able to connect finally. Thank you. Um, yeah. And so for everybody, I'll have all the show notes and the links to the site, of course, will be in there. And then I've asked her to go ahead and let me know if there's any specific links she wants in there. Um, but I will have everything in the show notes. So make sure you go over to Born Creative. The, the, the new site is beautiful. It looks fantastic. And then um, I mentioned at the very beginning of this, or I don't know if it was inside, but the Genesis meetup for WordCamp San Francisco, hopefully, you know, you guys can make that. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of looking forward to the party more than the WordCamp. (laughs) I just said that publicly. I'm sorry. But it's it's just It's going to be great. There are a lot of really, really great people coming. I'm really excited. Brian goes to WordCamps all the time, but believe it or not, this is going to be my first. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's, you know, it's great. So thank you very much. And hopefully we can connect again soon. But everybody go ahead, check out Born Creative, the links. And uh, that's it for today. So thanks again for joining us, Jennifer. Thank you.